Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We're back with more of Sabres Live. Presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. Trade deadline is months away, but we may have just uh, crafted a significant one here on Sabres Live. <laughs> Spalding Lake Wi-Fi might be partly to blame. Marty's gone. Shayna's on. Hi, Shayna. Happy game day. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Uh, really good, because now you have an exclusive window without interruption <laughs> from an NHL netminder who's still trying to get a hold of his silver stick for 500 games played, Marty Baron. <laughs> but Marty will be back shortly. Um, in all honesty, when you think of the Sabres and where they're at going into Winnipeg tonight to start their road trip and doing so without Tage Thompson, but the likelihood of Alex Tuck and Zach Benson and Eric Comrie coming back into the mix and their challenge offensively and on the power play lately what is the biggest story for you for Buffalo as they take on a, a very gifted right now offensive team in Winnipeg? Yeah, I think the big story is how do you deal with the loss of Tage Thompson? Because it feels like he's one of the few players this season who hasn't fully like missed a step. I don't think we're seeing the magic of Tage Thompson that we saw last year and the year before that. But there, you lose a center, a top line center, and that is going to have a ripple effect. And you look below the surface and in his line combinations, the team generally was better with him on the ice at five on five and the power play. who's one of the few players who didn't take it such a hit in shot creation or scoring chance creation. Like we saw otherwise. So it, it's going to be a big blow no matter what, but it's a big test for them. The storyline for me is how, who steps up, right? You know, boring stuff here. I'm going as cliche as it can be, but the attention's going to turn to Dylan cousins, right? Yeah. He's the player. I think we all need to see step up and it's going to be really interesting to see how he manages the challenge after having a tough start to the year. I agree. And I think sometimes the questions can sound cliche from all of us, but it is always most interesting who produces an emphatic answer. And I think it's very challenging for Dylan at this point, based on, you know, obviously the, the recent setback at the hands of, Hathaway and the fight and the having to wear the full cage. And, and it's easy to forget that he had been on. Hi, Marty. Welcome back. He had been, you know, on a, a good point run, had cousins, but then it got real quiet. I feel like Marty's frozen in time. So we're going to go back to him <laughs> in a second. But I, I think this is, this is a really like, it's almost like Casey Middlestad has proven that he can be comfortable in all situations right now, whatever is asked. And we should feel the same way about Dylan based on the fact that he scored 31 goals last year. But yeah. this this is a really unique window for him. What are his strengths to get through this right now? 
his strengths are definitely his playoff thrust, and that goes right into the Sabre strengths that I think it's going to be so important for the team that we know has greater offensive heights than they've shown this year is playing the way they play best. And then we can talk about, well, they need to add this into their game and that. But I think at their core, they need to do what makes them click. And that is thrive off the rush. They were one of the best uh, rush-based team last year. And Cousins was a big part of it. Uh, we saw in the beginning of the year, too, he was someone that was really good at getting play into the offensive zone and not necessarily translating it to scoring chances at the highest rate. But that's something he started to build on as the year continued. So I think getting back to that is going to be really important. If he's not scoring goals off the rush himself, I think it's going to be important to pair him with someone that can be there in the dirty areas to clean up those scoring chances or who can be there, who can keep pace with him and get to the net front. So it, it kind of buys Cousins a little bit extra time, space, and a second opportunity. You know, I think there's going to be more emphasis on him when he's on the ice because you don't have this threat of Tage Thompson, who he's been playing with for some of the year at even strength. So that's going to be interesting to me. And it kind of reminds me of like the Dawson Mercer situation in New Jersey because we see this young center who obviously in his case has been a winger a little bit more lately, but this young player who's been struggling after having such a, cr- you know, a, a crazy good year last year. And then you lose Nico Hishier. So there's the opportunity for Mercer to step up and he didn't. Then you lose Jack Hughes, who, you know, he didn't get that bump immediately until they had to give him it. And on the one hand, it's a knock because he was playing with Hughes, like Cousins was with Thompson at points. Right. So that's someone that should build his game up. But on the other hand, it's what can you do to be better individually? And now recently we're seeing with Mercer, he's increasing his shots and scoring chances, which took a huge hit in the beginning of the year. So maybe yeah. the same will happen with Cousins because he's going to be leaned on a little bit more. I was taking that personally when Mercer was having such a tough start. I was such a fanboy last year. <laughs> it I was traded just him in like, fantasy because of it. I was like, oh, I'm done. No. Wow. Quick to make decisions, but you know what? That's the nature of all of this. And and it is now just speaking again about Cousins and thinking about how much time he's been on the wing and and what they've kind of navigated through here the first 16 games. It's kind of so unlike what a lot of last year was like with these consistent lines and everything. And, and we spent the, a good portion of the start of the show, Shana, talking about Rasmus Dallin and, and, and not knowing truly how to measure just how effective his game is right now, because there's, there's so many players that just aren't right there. And inevitably, you know, you, you can only be as good as some of the guys next to you. Like we're all going, crazy over the fantastic start for Vancouver but so many guys are just hot right now with the Canucks that everybody's numbers can benefit from that and uh I don't know how do you look at Darlene right now and would you be open to doing anything crazy when it comes to Darlene's usage on the power play or changing up power play configuration to free him up to have an even bigger impact I would keep him on power play one. I mean, the, the the strength for the Sabres is that you have Owen Power right there. You could throw him on that top unit just to get a different look. But I feel like Darlene's one of the few players they can count on for shots right now that maybe they should get him. It's going to be about, you know, figuring out ways to maximize the game around him. You're right. We can't. It's, sometimes it's tricky to measure how someone plays without the team around them. And San Jose is kind of the opposite of that last year, right? Like Eric Carlson did it all by himself, but that should not be the standard. That should be the exception to the rule. So it's a little bit tricky there for us to measure how good Darlene is or what he needs to do in his game. Because, I I mean, he can only do so much unless he's doing everything by himself, which nobody wants to see. They want to see, you know, the other four guys on the ice have more puck touches. But 
I think for him, it's going to be just kind of playing to his strengths on the power play and hoping everyone around him can can go with it because he, I think, is still effective in his role. I think his en- entries could be a little bit cleaner too, but I think mm-hmm. that's the case for everybody in Buffalo right now. Yeah. But it's just going to be focusing on, you know, maybe generating more off the rush. Maybe it's stretch passes. Maybe that's the move. And if you can get that first rush shot, you can get back in formation and go from there instead of, you know, fragmenting off the bat. Well, good to hear you, Shayna, because I could see you in Duffer, <laughs> but I couldn't hear a word you guys were saying. So I think I got uh, gremlins and my Zoom lines over here. So I uh, don't know what you guys had pr- pr- talked about previously to Darlene, but I'm going to take a swing here at Go some around topic. the NHL. We haven't hit that yet. Around the NHL. Okay. Um, I have a nice little stat I got from the NHL department yesterday. Would you guys want to guess when was the last time that the top three point getters in the NHL came from the same team at this point in the season. Hmm. I'll go Pittsburgh 95, 96. Cause it's always the reference point in the last two. It years. is always, it happened twice between then and now. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. Huh. Who would be someone that was really good? I'm like thinking like regular season studs. The Cavalier, Richard San Louis. That's a good guess. No, that is a good um, guess. It, that team is not in uh, active anymore in the National Hockey League. It, uh, it Chuck moved. Heatley and uh, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say three. It's actually not Thrasher. Heatley. It's Hosa, Kovalchuk, and Kozlov in two thousand six, two thousand seven with don't the Atlanta Thrashers. Kozlov around here. I know. That's why I was like, "What? Yeah. That's yeah. Slava Kozlov that played yeah. like." 10 games and then left. But, and, and prior to that, 2001, 2002, Carolina Hurricanes with Jeff O'Neill and I forget the other two. But anyway, like it's pretty impressive what Vancouver's accomplished with Miller, Hughes and Pedersen. Um, can they keep it up, uh, and be the top team in the West? No. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I think what I, I think the Vancouver Canucks start is really good. And I don't want to ruffle feathers saying that to Canucks fans because like, I feel like they've had so much bad that some people are trying to like, we should appreciate the good while we have it. If you're a Canucks fan, right? Like go off, enjoy it. But I think the difference between a good team and a great team is that when you're good, you're finding ways to get better. And sometimes when you get super lucky, like the Canucks are doing, you can get a little complacent and just kind of ride the wave instead of actively doing things to make sure you sustain this level of play. And I think that's what they need to do. And we saw their luck kind of, their luck kind of run out last year, uh, last night against Calgary, against the Islanders. They were incredibly lucky to win that game. They were not that good that game. They're lucky the Islanders yeah. are that bad in the third period and they got power play opportunities. Yeah. The difference between their expected and actual goal differential is so big right now. I think their actual goal differential is plus 34 to lead the or plus 35 to lead the league right now. Um I actually come to think of it, that is before last night's game. I did the math, but <laughs> the point remains, it's such a high number and we don't generally yeah. see that they're getting outstanding goaltending. I think they're going to keep getting that they're getting outstanding shooting luck. They have really good finishing talent, but I think it's going to come down to earth a little bit. We need to see them pick it up at five on five a little bit more. Pedersen Hughes and even Miller, I think are still going to be effective. I think that you have Phil Peronic on a top pair with Hughes. They're going to stay good. That's not going to change. But now everyone else around them needs to take it up a notch. So this can go from a good season to a great season, and they can go from playoff team to contender. Keep going, Marty. 
Okay. Um, is, <laughs> is, well, because we're going to stick with Vancouver Calgary theme from last night, is Jonathan Huberdeau uh, unlocked? He scored last night, first time in 11 games, October 19th. You talked about Philip Hronik. I, I remember when he um, got to go to Vancouver, Alan Walsh's agent, his agent put a text, right? A, a tweet. Oh, look, Hronik's going to be great in Vancouver. And now Huberdeau scores that, last night and Alan Walsh right away. There you go. <laughs> Huberdeau with a goal. I'm like, Dude, he hasn't scored like in 12 games. But anyway, um, is is Huberdo gonna revamp himself or is it what it is right now? Yeah, I think everyone needs a bestie like Alan Walsh. And I guess that bestie needs to capitalize off what his friends accomplish and his <laughs> clients accomplish. But I mean, who doesn't want their tires pumped like that after one goal? The thing with Huberdo <laughs> is when he had that incredible heart caliber season that was pumped up to the highest degree. He really wasn't the most valuable player in the league. He was not the most valuable player on his team, despite all the results he had, which is not nothing. I don't want to say, oh, the points don't matter. It just wasn't as good as his play below the surface said. It was pumped up by power play points. And even when you broke down his strength, which is puck movement, it wasn't the best in the league, not at five on five. And not even when you add in that, you know, the power play that we know he was so good with, right? You see that he's not actually the best passer in the league at that point. It's a little concerning. I don't know what happened in Calgary to break him. I think it's more than the Daryl Sutter effect because that hangover has been really tough for everyone. I feel like he needs to be the secondary star on a team. And the secondary star on a team can still be a very good player. You look at Kucherov and Stamkos or Marner and Matthews. The secondary star can still be elite. I think he needs someone ahead of him and the Flames just don't have it. So I'm a little bit worried on how much, how effective he can really be there. I don't think that they have a lineup that can maximize him. And I think that he needs to get his own confidence back. It is not good right there. He, I'm doing a concernometer for next Monday, and he's one of the highest marks on there. And I don't think one or two goals is going to change that. Like, I think we need to see him really start crushing it. And it just isn't there. Sam Reinhart going to win the rocket? (laughs) Yeah, there we go. He's the one person on that Florida power play that can convert on his chances. I don't know what's wrong with that team that year after year they're They have one of the biggest discrepancies between what they create and what they convert on on the power play. He's luckily making a difference for them. That line is fantastic. I think they have, before last night's game, have a 66% uh, expected goals rate, which is one of the best in the league, according to Evolving Hockey. They are excellent. I think it's so great, and he's going to get himself a very nice payday this summer. Yeah, every time, every time the contract comes about, it's like eh, Sam's going to get a payday. Sam's going to get a payday, <laughs> and I think he'll get another one. Um, any goalies? We asked you last week or two weeks ago. I think any goalies being moved soon because Caden Primo got a third start against the Vegas Golden Knights last night, and really, despite the fact that uh, you know he gave up six, um, I didn't think he was bad in the game. Like Vegas had gotten goalied in Washington the game before, and they were like, we're not getting goalied tonight. So um, is Caden Primo, Jake Allen, somebody else around the league? Jacob Markstrom, he's played, he's won three in a row. Is, is there a goalie being moved? I mean, I would say yes, but I don't think general managers understand goaltending at all. I think somehow like they're worse than like me. I, I'm the person that sits here and says, I don't understand goaltending. I'm not a goaltender. And I try to piece the, you know, piece it together. But I think GMs truly are completely in the dark. So I don't know if it was another position. I'd be like, yes, they will see it. But with goaltending, maybe everyone's a little more hesitant. But like Jacob Markstrom is top three in the league right now in goals goal saved to have expected. And I feel like yeah. if you're Calgary, you need to do something mm-hmm. and you need to look at players with term as well. But I'm I'm curious about a team like New Jersey. I think that they went yeah. into this year with the right strategy. 
uh, in net, right? Like go low key in net and see yeah. how things can work with your now younger, more inexperienced blue line because you're such a up-tempo possession team. I think it's hard to judge without Heisher and Hughes. So I think the team needs to get healthier or at least once Hughes is back because we don't know how long Heisher is going to be out. They can get a better assessment of it and go, can this team sustain this current back end? And I really think they're going to be a team to add. I don't know, though, is it going to be that sixth defensive spot for Zadorov type so they don't have to play Brendan Smith and they have someone capable for the PK? Because right mm-hmm. now they don't, and that's why he's in the lineup. Or do they go for a goalie? I kind of wonder if they go low-key on both just to yeah. add a little extra oomph to each position without going totally crazy. Loki is working for LA right now with Cam Talbot. And obviously the Devils had better goaltending last night than their counterpart in Pittsburgh and Tristan Jari, which allowed the Devils to get back into the win column. Shana, thank you so much. Uh, we'll look forward to even more of your contributions next week. Remember, we'll there's then. a game at 2 p.m. this afternoon. We forget yeah. about the Global Series. There's a game today at 2 p.m. We got to set our lineups. Me and you, we have to take over. Oh, my week. gosh. Yes, absolutely. Thank you. <laughs> We're back to wrap Sabres Live right after this. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.